developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Hey guys, this is Danny from Teen Buzz Radio. I am super excited to have Coyote Peterson here uh, for an interview. Coyote Peterson is a wildlife educator, YouTube personality, and host of Animal Planet's series, Coyote Peterson Brave the Wild, and has ventured to countries such as Costa Rica, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Japan, and more in search of exotic wildlife in the name of conservation and education. His YouTube channel, Brave Wilderness, has over 19 million subscribers and a combined 4 billion total views. Uh, Coyote, welcome. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show. Hey, thanks, Danny. Wonderful to be here today. appreciate you having me. Yeah, for sure. So the first question that I wanted to ask is, how did you first get involved with wildlife? When did you figure out you were passionate about it? Well, the origin goes way back to when I was probably three or four years old. Um, I grew up in northeastern Ohio, and one of the most common species in that area is nothing dangerous, just your common little backyard toad. And uh, probably the first animal that I ever caught was a toad. And I was just so fascinated with its really cute nature, its bumpy skin. And uh, I kept it for a couple of days in a cardboard box. And then my mom made me let it go. And I was just fascinated with what started with frogs and toads and eventually led into snakes and turtles and dinosaurs and, and everything else. So yeah, I've had a, a, an infatuation with animals since I was very, very young, as, as young as I can remember. What was your first encounter with an animal that you would consider like one level above the common stuff in terms of danger? Definitely a common snapping turtle, which is one of the most dominant reptilian predators that lives in the eastern half of the United States. And uh, I caught my first big snapping turtle around the age of eight years old. So um, that was pretty thrilling to be that age and catching a turtle that weighed almost as much as I did for the most part. What did your parents think when you just walked in with a snapping turtle? Uh, well, I didn't necessarily walk in with it because there's no way I was going to carry it to the house. But my uh, my younger sister, who was actually with me at the time, who's not usually part of the early origin of this story specifically, ran back to the house, got my parents. They came down with like an old Polaroid camera and got a couple of pictures of me with the behemoth that I had caught. And uh, it wasn't much moving the turtle around. It kind of sat there. We got pictures and then watched as it crawled back down into the pond. So it was, uh, it was a pretty thrilling day for me, that's for sure, because I spent all summer trying to catch this turtle and got close on a number of occasions. But it was that one lucky day that I was finally able to, to hoist it up on shore. Can you tell us about the first time you realized that your YouTube channel was on the path to something bigger? Yeah. I mean, when we launched on YouTube, you know, you can never anticipate that you're going to grow to the tune of, you know, millions of subscribers. But we had an episode that came out where I was intentionally quilled by a porcupine. And it's an episode that we never strategically planned to film in the way that it worked out. Like I didn't go into filming that episode thinking I was going to get quilled by a porcupine. That sort of came about when we were on location. And it, people just started watching it. And it was our first video, I think, that hit 10,000 views. 
And we're talking the channel was tiny at that point in time. We only had a few thousand subscribers. So it went from 10,000 views to 100,000 views. And at that point, we were like, wow. Like we tried to wrap our brains around what 100,000 people was and said 100,000 people have seen me quill by a porcupine. Maybe there's something to this intentionally getting injured to teach people about animals, which certainly that ended up being the case. Um, but yeah, that was the first time that we realized, okay, cool. This might, uh, this YouTube channel might actually turn into something here. It's actually nice that you mentioned the, uh, quilling of the porcupine. Cause I wanted to ask you a little bit about the videos that you make where you get stung or you get bitten. You put yourself in harm's way, uh, for a <laughs> lot of videos by interacting with dangerous animals. And we wanted to know what, why do you do it? What drives you to do it? Um, you know, as a wildlife presenter and anyone else who's out there interacting with animals, they'll tell you the first key is to not get bitten and stung by animals. You're probably not a very good wildlife presenter if you're getting bitten and stung all the time. But we found that by me intentionally performing these human experiments, um, it really captivated people's attention. And not only did it get their attention, but they were there for the entertainment and while they didn't realize it necessarily, they were also getting a message of education and a little bit of conservation along the way. So it sort of became this perfect formula that um, aligned this edutainment mixture to really make animals super entertaining and engaging uh, for all people, but specifically the younger generation who's primarily absorbing their content on YouTube. I think you might agree with me when I say that uh, there are a lot of YouTube channels out there. There's there's a lot of content on the internet that people are really quick to uh, to label as clickbait, and mm -hmm. your channel has managed to escape those labels. Um, no one no one thinks of your channel as clickbait or anything like that. And uh, I wanted to know how do you guys sort of toe the line between making content that could be considered as clickbait versus making sure that it's more educational? Yeah. Well, there's a big difference between clickbaiting and delivering on the promise versus clickbaiting and just getting somebody to click and then not showing them what it was you promised in the title and the thumbnail. So Brave Wilderness has always been pretty famous for like these obscure or unbelievable clickbait elements like wait a minute is this guy really going to stick his arm into the mouth of an alligator or is he really going to put this giant ant on his arm and let it sting him and when people realize that when coyote peterson says he's going to do something brave wilderness delivers brave wilderness figured out the formula to basically make clickbait nothing more than a promise that we're actually going to do what it is we say we're going to do. Like, I can't tell you we're going to film an episode about a Wolverine and put a picture of me and a Wolverine in a thumbnail and go the entire episode and at the end be like, well, oh, sorry, guys, there, there isn't a Wolverine, but thanks for watching. Hope you didn't skip the ads. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we really hold true to living up to the promises that we make our audience. And when you get to work in the education and the conservation, you know, for us, that's the biggest win at the end of the day, because with the audience, there's a lot on YouTube they can absorb that is not necessarily providing them with more substance than pure entertainment. We feel very proud about the fact that we are giving people more than just entertainment we're educating them at the same time. Now, if they take the conservation message and push it forward and decide to get involved in something, 
I mean, that's even better. I don't know how many people are actually doing that, but we certainly give the opportunity for them to take that next step and really get involved with the protection of our planet and its species. So that's actually the point of my next question. How can the younger generation get involved in animal conservation, in environment? I know a lot of kids these days and a lot of younger people are very worried about the state of the world and your channel helps to inspire a lot of people and figure out you know, that, that there is a way to, to kind of save the planet. Um, so how can, how can kids get involved? Well, you know, there's lots of ways to get involved, but before you even think about getting involved, you really need to educate yourself. You know, the internet is such an amazing platform. And while it can provide a lot of disinformation, if you know the right sources to read and trust and listen to, um, you can really educate yourself about what's happening with our planet currently. And once you have a little bit of that education, you can then make that decision of which direction you want to go in because it's so diverse. You can't just say, oh, I want to be a conservationist and blanket everything. You can say, I want to be a conservationist and I want to specifically protect a species of dolphin or whale that is possibly on the brink of extinction and sort of fine tune your interest level of what it is that you want to get involved with. You know, it's one thing to, to label yourself as a broad conservationist across all platforms, right? But when you can educate yourself and hone in on a specific topic, that's probably going to have a greater effect than just saying, hey, I, you know, I try to use less water, I, I recycle, I try to use less energy. Those are all good things. But if you really want to make a true difference, pick a lane, stick to it and try to get as involved as possible. I'd like to know a little bit about some of your inspirations in terms of wildlife. I know there are a lot of big names out there that everyone knows. So who inspires you to continue trying to protect uh, the environment and the wild? And uh, do you have any maybe lesser known names out there? Well, I've certainly had many inspirations over the years. I would say like my top tier of inspiration for how I've structured my career and we've built the Brave Wilderness brand has been very strongly based behind the, the morals and the messaging of Steve Irwin, who un unfortunately has, has passed away, as you know. Um, Steven Spielberg from the filmmaking and storytelling perspective and Bear Grylls from the adventure and brand building perspective. So when people say, you know, what is the genesis of Coyote Peterson? I say the two Steves and Bear. You know, they're pretty much who I've, I've structured a lot of my career off of. But on a next tier down, you know, you've got the Jeff Corwins, the Marty Stauffers, the Austin Stevens. Um, you know, uh, uh, those are specifically in the wildlife realm. There are a gazillion different filmmakers who I followed throughout my career that have given me inspiration. Um, David Attenborough is a huge one when it comes to not only the longevity of his career, but also now his continued driving message towards conservation and the changing of our planet. So um, it's pretty diverse, I would say, but all of these people um, have sort of given me the inspiration to get myself to where I'm at. And I'm hoping to, at some point in time, have the next generation look at me and put me in a list like that. Whether I'm top tier, second tier down, or wherever I might fall, it certainly would be an honor to be considered by the future conservationists and animal enthusiasts to say that Coyote Peterson is, is who inspired me.
Do you have any favorite adventures you've been on? That's always a tough one to answer. People want to know, well, what's the coolest place you've ever been? And, you know, I've been so fortunate to visit some of our planet's most amazing um, continents, countries, ecosystems. And I usually say that the next one that I'm about to visit is the one that is the most meaningful and the most special. Like anytime you go into uh, or have the opportunity, the pleasure of visiting a wild space, you're sharing that environment with the animals. We're coming in to do a job. We're coming to look at you, the animals, as existing in this ecosystem. We want to respect your space. We want to get up close in a way that's not too stressful on you, but we're trying to extract information and experiences that we can share with the rest of the world. And the goal of that really breaks down into being a storyteller, right? You can go into the same environment 10 different times and have a different story come out almost every single time around. So um, every time we get the chance to go out and embark upon an adventure, it is the most exciting and the most special because we're trying to think of the way to then tell this story to a much larger audience, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Are there any adventures that you dream about going on? What's at the top of your bucket list? Komodo dragons and filming on the Indonesian islands is without question my my number one priority right now. We got very close to filming there uh, in 2020. However, the pandemic hit and completely derailed our ability to travel internationally. So we had to push that to the wayside. Um, but we are back in pre-production on uh, what would be essentially a short film like a 45-minute episode about the journey to Komodo and its surrounding islands and having an experience with the largest monitor lizard species that exists on the planet. So we're hoping that that's something we're able to do in 2022 um, if it ends up being financed and we get everything aligned properly and COVID doesn't prevent us from, from embarking upon the adventure. Um, it should be happening soon. Other than specific adventures, is there any one you would really want to work with in the future like any person um well working with bear grills is certainly a, a huge dream of mine i mean he's somebody that's out there still very actively building his brand producing content to get to ever share some screen time with bear or to work on a project with him behind the scenes would be absolutely massive um you know steven spielberg is sort of the moonshot. like you know i don't know that i'll ever get the chance to work with steven um i have worked with the jurassic franchise specifically and have done a couple of projects that steven has thumbs up but i've never uh, actually been in a room with spielberg to talk movies and cinema um, but other than that, you know, I just really look for the opportunity to work with anybody that has a drive and a passion in a specific field. That could be paleontologists, marine biologists, wildlife biologists. Um, we're approached rather often with different um, science or conservation realm experts that say, hey, we've got a cool story we'd love to tell. Would you be interested in sharing it on the Brave Wilderness platform? So those relationships are usually the ones that are the most meaningful because they are attainable and they serve a really valuable purpose in sharing the messaging or the work that um, somebody in the science community is doing. Are there any movies that you've seen that you think do a really good job about talking about the environment or conservation that you would recommend to people? That's a great question. As in, as in like a fictional movie or a documentary? 
let's go fiction. I'm interested in hearing what you got to say about fiction. Because there's there certainly are many in the documentary realm, but immediately my brain went to the fictional realm. And unfortunately, I think there are more misnomers painted through the fictional realm than there are anything factual. And, you know, I sound maybe a little bit like a hypocrite when I say Jaws, Steven Spielberg's one of his most famous films and the one that really broke the door open for him in Hollywood, um, maybe one of the most criminalizing shark films of all time, unfortunately, and created nothing but fear surrounding sharks. Despite the fact that I openly admit that I love Jaws, it's one of my favorite movies, was ever since I was a kid, I certainly look at the destruction that it did for the fear of sharks. Um, the same thing can be said for a number of different wolf movies that have been produced, um, anaconda movies, uh, movies with bears. Uh, the one that I would probably say, if I had to pick a most accurate, um, there was a movie called The Bear. That was the title of it. I think it was like the late 80s or early 90s, set in probably the 1800s, about two fur trappers that went out and were shooting grizzly bears and ended up encountering a bear that then became very defensive and started hunting them. I don't know how accurate that is to say that a bear would take revenge on some dudes that were shooting bears, but I thought that one was at least pretty entertaining and, and pretty factual with the way that you would have an interaction with a bear. Are there any animals that you would be terrified to go up against? Well, certainly if you were to ever put me in the situation where I have to face one of our planet's top predators and it was either A, thinking it was going to eat me or B, it was simply protecting itself and was in defense mode, I wouldn't want to ever face a big cat. Cats are ruthless. Their style of uh, dispatching their victims is not quick. Um, Just to be clear, we're, we're not talking about house cats. No, big cats like leopards, tigers, lions, those would be extremely scary. Um, certainly ever having to be attacked by a bear would be terrifying. I feel like a shark would be scary, but a shark would probably be pretty quick, uh, way quicker than a bear or a lion. So if I had to choose between the three of those, I would take shark attack over bear or lion simply because I think you would, you would, you would go a lot it'd, quicker. It'd go by quicker. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, are there any encounters that you've had with wildlife that differed completely from your expectations? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I would say anytime I have an encounter with an animal, you never know what direction it's going to go. It all depends on whether or not that animal is feeling super defensive. If that animal feels like, okay, well, I'm not being bitten or clawed or physically injured or eaten right now. So I'm just going to play it totally cool. I might be abducted by aliens right now or what seems like aliens. So I'm just going to ride this out and see where it goes. Um, every experience is a little bit different, but I would say one of the ones that was way different than I ever imagined was probably my experience with manatees, swimming with manatees, because it's very intimidating to get into the water and be surrounded by 40 or 50 massive mammals. And even though you know they're totally docile, just being crunched in between them, you're like, oh, am I going to get squished? Am I going to get drowned? Um, so that experience was very thrilling. It was definitely way different than I thought it was going to be. It was almost, in a sense, serene and spiritual 
uh, when you're underwater with these animals, they're just so gentle and so curious. It, it just kind of really puts you in this mental state where you're like, wow, I'm underwater with manatees. And it's, it's absolutely incredible. Have you ever formed a special bond with an animal that you've met in the wild? Yeah, I would say several times. I mean, one of the most famous ones certainly is the young ocelot that we uh, encountered in the rainforest of Costa Rica that decided to make me its playmate for about four hours of time, of course, which was cut down to about 12 minutes on the on the actual channel. Um, I feel like I formed an amazing relationship with that animal, formed an amazing relationship with the wolverine that I filmed with in um, Alaska, formed a pretty interesting relationship with the badger that I filmed with in Montana. And we worked with a badger at a wildlife sanctuary and the handler specifically said, this badger is incredibly aggressive. You aren't going to be able to get close to it. Um, but it actually really liked me. So I find that I connect pretty well with mammals. Um, the connections that can be had with other animals like reptiles and amphibians, I feel there's a connection there, but it's definitely not as meaningful as you get with a mammal. What about encounters with fans? Have you ever had any memorable experiences? Is there anyone out there that you still think about from time to time? Oh, certainly. I mean, there have been so many incredible fans that I've met over, you know, the past five years in the growth of the Brave Wilderness channel. And, you know, there are some fans that I actually still keep in touch with, you know, whether it was a, a special needs student or somebody that just had an incredible story and vision and passion of their own, whether they were um, ambitious in the world of business, ambitious in the world of being conservationists. So, you know, there is a, a laundry list of people that have had an incredible impact on me and have really inspired me to continue doing what it is that I'm doing. And, and that's where you have that that unbelievable reward that comes as a content creator and a, an influencer, I guess, where you recognize and physically see the impact you're having on a younger audience. And sometimes not even a younger audience. I've had, had people much older than me come to me and say, you've inspired me to completely change the direction of my career or to look at a certain species in a, in a, polar opposite different light. And, and now I love snakes or spiders as compared to being um, completely fearful of them before I stumbled upon Brave Wilderness. So um, the interactions with the fans are, are one of the most meaningful things that come out of our work. You have a long history of inspiring bravery in your audience. Mm -hmm. And uh, what would you tell people who are afraid of animals or who are afraid of certain insects? Educate yourself first. If you're afraid of something, learn about it. The more you know, the less reason you have to be afraid of something. If you have the opportunity to encounter something from a safe distance and admire it in the wild, do that. Don't freak out when you see something. Stay calm. Don't get too close. Admire the way that it's operating. It's going about its business, doing what it needs to do. I like whenever I'm at restaurants and I see people swatting at like hornets or bees that are like getting close to their, you know, their drinks or their food. I'm like swatting at something's only going to agitate it. Let it explore. If, a, if a, an insect is approaching you because you're wearing a bright colored shirt, it probably thinks you're a giant flower. Don't swat at it. Let it investigate. The second it realizes you don't have any pollen, it's going to buzz off and go elsewhere. So moral of the story is that 
if you're afraid of something, learn about it, admire it, respect it from a safe distance, you'll both go on living a happy existence. And what's next for you? Do you have any interesting projects on the horizon? Yeah, we, uh, we are filming um, a new series for YouTube Originals. We actually begin production on Monday. It's called Coyote Peterson's Wild Field Trip. And we borrowed uh, the design of Bear Grylls Running Wild, where he takes celebrities out into the wild. And instead of taking celebrities, we are taking big fans of the Brave Wilderness channel that are in the younger audience demographic between like the ages of eight and 14 out into the wild to embark upon these incredible field trip experiences. And whether we're going on an adventure in the wild or visiting a wildlife sanctuary or going behind the scenes at a museum or a wildlife institute, they get to spend a couple of days with me producing an episode um, that will ultimately give them the opportunity to speak on behalf of their generation for how we should be pushing conservation and the protection of species into the future. So we're very excited about the series. We're filming six episodes over the course of the next two months, um, and it begins airing in December. All right. And uh, is there anything else you'd like to tell our fans to check out of yours? Is there anything you want to plug? Um, no, just if you're looking for uh, an endless rabbit hole of animals, adventure, education, conservation, and really cool interactions with animals, all you got to do is search Brave Wilderness on the internet and we'll keep you busy. If you haven't watched Brave Wilderness before, uh, you'll find lots of super entertaining content where I'm bitten and stung by things, but that really only makes up about 2% of our content. A lot of the other grandiose adventures promote um, heavy conservation and education, and it's all a lot of fun. All right, Coyote, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much, and I will You're talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.